Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. That was unnerving. Joining us today, special guest, Erica. Yo. Say hi to the people. I will say yo to you, sir. Thank you. Okay. Damn it. Some people just can't take instruction. No. No, I cannot. <laughs> Not really my jam, for being real. How you gents doing? Terrible. Bob, what's on your mind? It's on the mind grapes, Bob. It's on the mind grapes? Uh, E3. Yes. You know what? Before we get to that, I've ruined your life. I've been having you play Overwatch. I want your thoughts on what you've played of Overwatch so far. Uh, my my thoughts are that um, it generally enjoyable. Uh, not an easy game to play. It is not easy. Uh, I enjoy how much you and I knew, the group I knew this. I knew it. hate the game. No, I love the game. No. I hate the community. No, well, the community is part of the game. Yes, the you worst can't. Part. You can't separate the two in an online multiplayer <laughs> game. As as always, the worst part of any game is the people who play it. <laughs> Oh, I would agree with that. One thousand percent. The people are always the worst part of any piece well, here, of media. Here's here's the thing about Overwatch, okay? It's so team oriented and the way the game is set up, it's extremely difficult for one person to win you the game, but it's extremely easy for one person to lose you the game. Which mm-hmm. makes sense if it's a team based thing. Yes. Well, and it's set up so you basically have three classes. You've got your tanks, um, your healers, healers and, and damage, and damage, and so like an unbalanced team, you feel it like immediately. Well, you can so like the standard co- base composition would be a two-two-two setup, you mm-hmm. know, two of each. But you can run other setups. You know, you can come out damage heavy, or you can. The actual meta of Overwatch is to play three tanks, three supports, but that also requires a lot of coordination, which, you know, <laughs> essentially doesn't exist except at the top level of play. Like that. Y- you know. <laughs> you know. No, even at, like, the level of skill that I'm at, the, that coordination does not exist. I'm talking about, like, top 1% right, coordination. Right, right, For the rest of the, us plebs. It's very hard to play three tank, three support. But, no, you can play other setups. You know, like, there was a setup. Like, a lot of people like to run one tank, three damage, two support. So you can run a bunch of different setups is my point. But no matter what you run, it's hard and you need coordination. Yeah, I. it's crazy to me to see, um, you know, like, randos coming in and playing individually. Like, that. I mean, obviously they do. I've seen it every night I've played, but not being able to coordinate with other people is just like, what? Bob, I held my composure last night, though. (laughs) Did I not? You did. Probably. I don't know. I don't know what you did after I got off. Held my composure. (laughs) But you've been enjoying it, Bob? Yeah, for the most part. It's the type of game you're basically going to suck at for like a year. So buckle in. Well, you know, I, I looked at, you know, your hours and, you know, some of the other folks on the group, like it's 600 hours. So I said, maybe I could just take like a few weeks off of work and I'll just 
you know, play it nonstop. Just You'll to still get suck. To your level. You'll still suck. <laughs> you want to get up to that uh, Mass Effect play level? Those hours. Well, well, the thing about the game is not only is there so much to learn because if you're going to play a given hero, you have to know like all the situations that can happen around you. You have to know all the interactions between you and all the other heroes because say you're playing soldier and then you're fighting a Widowmaker. Well, there's like a certain distance at which you're fucked. There's a situation where you have the advantage and then at the same time X other thing can start happening and you have to adapt to that. So it's a hard game to teach because... There are so many things happening all the time. Little scenarios. And they're unfolding as the fights go on. So, and like, you know, like if you start playing, you know, you play, you've been playing like Mercy, who's a healer. And Mercy is arguably the easiest character to play, but also still lots of complication. And um, you have to know when you're Mercy, if X thing starts happening to you, how do I react? And if you don't know that, you just die. And then your team's fucked. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's going to be a really long time, Bob. But if you're enjoying yourself. If you, I'm, I'm serious. If you played every night, you would still suck in a year. It's really <laughs> selling it. No, I'm just telling you. I told you this before you bought it. By the way, the funniest part. I warned him before he bought it because he's talking. He's like, "Well, it's at this price here and this price there," and I'm like, "This game is on sale all the time." I just want to let you know it's on sale all the time. So he buys it. How much did you pay, Bob? Thirty-two dollars. The next week, twenty dollars. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's just funny. Such is life. I told him. It's like I told. Meanwhile, you. he's been trying to get me to play Overwatch for what three years now? A while, yeah. And so now that I bought it, now I'm, he's giving me shit for buying it for too much. Well, I mean. No, 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 no. I, you you weren't there, Erica, when the group was just, you know, peer pressuring me to go buy the game right then and there. And it was really hard for me. <laughs> How were you playing it if you didn't have it? Was it like a. It was a free weekend. Ah, gotcha. Or a free week. Well, you have to stand strong, Bob. You can't give in to peer pressure. I, I can't. Not like when Sass and I forced Sheila to watch Pacific Rim, and now we're forcing her to watch Fury Road this evening. Yeah, and Bob, you've never been known to go like make a purchase the day of talking about buying something. Yeah, that's not a thing that happens. No, it doesn't ever. <laughs> Give me one example. <laughs> I'm not gonna dignify that with a response. Funny, she can't come up with an example. I could come up with an example, but I'm not going to say it. There's plenty of examples, Robert. You're familiar with the, the old adage, happy wife, happy life, right? <laughs> no? That's a shame. The other game, uh, by the way, same thing I told him. He's like, we were playing, three of us were playing Monopoly like last week. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, is that fun? Should I buy that? I was like, yeah, but it's going to be on sale like any day now. It's always on sale because it's like $15. It always goes on sale for like five bucks. Yesterday, four fifty. <laughs> like it's these Some of these games are on sale all the time. So speaking of money, let's get to absolutely dead on arrival Google Stadia. They've eh. started to like really push it hard when you're on Google. And I'm just like, you need to not do that. 
because you're just going to annoy you. me, and then I, I want nothing to do with your product. Okay, so let's lay it out real quick. The service has two tiers. There's, you can, by the way, you can use, like, any controller you want with this, as long as it can connect to, like, a PC. Interesting. So, you could play, you could have access to the service for free, technically, if you want to play at 1080p, 60fps, which is great. That's mm-hmm. great. With stereo sound. If you want to have 4K 60 FPS with surround sound, that's $10 a month. And that also includes like a free library of games, kind of like Games with Gold or PlayStation Plus sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And the first free game is going to be Destiny 2 and all the DLC that comes with Destiny 2. Which we can also talk about Destiny later because they kind of are changing their business model a little bit. But... Is Google Stadia? This is this is totally fucked. I mean, there's no hope. I don't. This is this is going to be a total three year from now cancellation Google product. Like you know how Google loves to kill everything. That's going to be this product, <laughs> and there's a couple of reasons why. <clears throat> One, it sounds like for a lot of these games that don't have crossplay, like Destiny Two doesn't have crossplay. I think you're going to be just on that platform alone playing with other people that just have google stadia you're not going to be cross playing with xbox or ps4 or pc so how many people is that going to be fucking nobody like that's the thing i have like no interest in this google stadia thing like i don't know i do they have anything exclusive like there's no exclusives. It just seems like a big bandwidth. Suck. Not right now. Well, and that's the other thing. Okay, so someone ran the math. So Google is saying, as of right now, and these numbers could change, of course, if you want to stream 4K60, which you guys would because you have 4K TVs, if you have a terabyte data cap at the recommended 35 megabits is what you're going to need to be able to stream with, which, by the way, like, Many people don't have internet that good, right. which is another thing. But if you want to stream 4K60, you're going to run up a terabyte of data in 65 hours. Okay? And that's assuming you use that internet connection solely for, for nothing else. Right. And that's just not. And I can tell you, for losers like me that play a shitload of video games, 65 hours is like fucking nothing. Right. Pretty much. In a month? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are on data caps now. And the other factor is, I think the number is like something like only one in five households have even 25 megabit internet. So... Which is nuts. Right. Because we we live in a major... We live in like a major suburb. So we have good internet. A lot of people do not. I play with people who have fucking terrible internet. There's no way they could run this Google Stadia. Well, and the other thing is, it's so you need 35 megabit to run. Now I'm running our internet somewhere around 100 megabit. Yeah. Um, once you factor in a lot of other factors, your your consistent stream dedicated to just one thing, like you need double what they say in order to actually be able to use it well you need the other there's a lot of factors so one it sounds like unless you're using google stadia on a desktop and then you would be wired in in theory 
but a lot of people they're saying are going to be using it through Chromecast. That's their expectation. Mm-hmm. Chromecast is Wi-Fi only. There's right. no Ethernet port. So, you know, you start thinking about stuff like, let's say you're going to play competitive, you're going to play PvP on Destiny 2. I'll use that example since that game will be on there. Okay. So let's say you have a flawless connection to another person. So maybe that's like 30 ms of ping. You probably, most people who aren't like crazy sensitive to latency, probably can't feel 30 ms. Now, that's just your connection to another person. But if you're on Google Stadia, you have to connect to their servers to play the game. And they're saying the latency for that is going to be about 40 so you've already added on 40 ms of latency. Mm-hmm. Then if you're playing it on Wi-Fi, you have the latency of your Wi-Fi connection, which is probably another like 15, 20 ms. You start getting close to like 100 ms, you can absolutely feel 100 ms of delay on anything. Well, and not only that, but I mean... And that's assuming you have a perfectly set up wireless router, right. which, most, which people most people don't. Do, not have a, have, do not have a fucking clue how to set up their internet equipment. Right, right. I just don't know who this is for. Because, like, if you have an Xbox or you have a PlayStation 4 or whatever, why, why do you need this? Well, it, yeah, it's not for people with bad internet. It's really not for people who already have a large library of games on something else i guess the people it's for is someone who wants to be able to have high-end gaming in theory on the move so like maybe if you're constantly traveling this is a way for you to have really good gaming on your laptop in a hotel room how many people is that though not many well, the other, the other, and then that's assuming you have good internet in that the hotel other, room. The other right. selling point uh, I think is, as we move into the next generation of consoles, it will be you don't need to buy a five hundred dollar or four hundred dollar console. You just have uh, the service at ten dollars a month, which is, you know, not far off of what you're going to pay just to have Xbox Live or PlayStation Plus in which the is first a fair place. Point. So there, there's the economic argument, too. But I think you also have people who are like, well, no, I'm ride-or-die Xbox, I'm ride-or-die PlayStation 4, you know? You do have that loyalty, yeah, for well, sure. And not only loyalty to that, but loyalty to your friends. And right. all my friends are on Xbox, so if I'm like a predominantly multiplayer gamer, so... Why would you ever? Uh, why like would I leave the plat? Why would I leave the platform that all my friends are on? Are we never... all going to shift together? That seems unlikely. That's not going to happen. And no. you know, yeah, you have the upfront cost of having to buy the console, but Xbox and PlayStation run a lot of sales on games, and games get discounted fast. Are those discounts going to be on Google Stadia? No one really knows. Um, you can game share on Xbox or mm-hmm. PlayStation, which is cost savings there that wouldn't be available on Stadia. It seems like an argument from Google that is aimed at short-sighted people. Which, admittedly, many people are. Right. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be great, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't seem feasible to me. I mean, there there is a there is a part to me that's like. You know, another I guess another argument is uh, in a multi-TV household. 
you know, it would be really easy just to, you know, click it on up here or click it on down there and not have yeah, to wherever move. you just have a Chromecast. Yeah, and not have to, to actually move, move the the right, device. The um, you know, and they they have talked about like you could even stream it to your phone or uh, you know stuff like that. Or, I, I mean, I think I think there's an interesting idea there. I think the hardest part of the whole thing, though, is getting over the latency issue. Latency and data caps. Yeah. I mean, I'm, if if people like the service, they'll just pay Comcast the extra 50 bucks. But that's a hidden cost. That's an extra $50 a month. That's right. a lot. There's and your so, console and well, well, right. I th- I think... I I think in order for Google to be successful with this, they're going to have to cut a deal the same way Netflix did, where... But Netflix isn't zero rated. No, but they would have to get some sort of zero rating because you're, you know, absolutely. It's just too much data. Right. Well, this is, yeah, that's what I thought from the beginning is the amount of data that's going to be required to stream 4K 60 FPS gameplay at a low latency is going to be crazy. And I was reading some impressions from people who I guess were in a beta test phase and they were saying... Some of these games, like I think one of the beta test games was like Assassin's Creed Odyssey or something. They were saying these games, even though in theory you're playing on super powerful hardware, do not look as good as over the stream as they do just playing them on your PC, even on worse hardware, because the image quality in a compressed video is not there like it would be if you're just playing it on your PC with a GTX 1080 or whatever. Well, you know? and then, and I actually had a you know, interestingly um, a similar argument, uh, or not an argument, but a discussion with someone at work yesterday. We were talking about home theater systems, and he was a little surprised that I actually buy most of the movies that I want to own on disc instead of just buying digital copies or streaming them through Netflix, and. You know, I made, uh, there's two arguments for me. One is the data limits and, you know, once you're streaming 4K, it's, you know, adds up quickly. Um, but the other argument was, you know, no matter what you get from Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, it's coming compressed. Right. To and, some degree. And if I've got a holy shit, this is one of the best home theaters that you can get, at least for that space. I don't want compressed. God I, damn it. Bob wants to see every single one of Charlie Day's freckles. Yes. God damn it. So why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. So there, there are a ton of problems with this service. And another one, like I already alluded to, the chances of Nintendo, Microsoft, or Sony waking up two years from now and deciding we're getting out of the video game console business slim to none like extremely low chance of that happening maybe if the switch went is the way the wii u did but the switch is selling like gangbusters so right yeah nintendo goes every other console does amazing so but the google they could someone at google could wake up three years from today two years from today and go Fuck that Google Stadia, we're out. And then what happens to all those games that you bought then? I honestly think that's the biggest problem with with the service. More than the latency, more than the data caps, is people have seen Google 
you know, get rid of services like at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Services people loved and used. Well, Any, and you're not going to put a ton of money into something and then, oh, I have nothing to show for yeah, this. Anything that isn't core to their business is... Bless you. One more time. Bless you. Thank you. You mean like being uh, uh, racist, bigoted, and homophobic on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, well, that is core to their it's business. It's very core to their business. I wasn't being facetious there, Alex. I'm just stating a fact. <laughs> oh, I know. We're just uh, inciting debate. But happy pride, Alex. Happy pride. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you, if there's a, when the, when the free version eventually comes around... I'll probably boot it up and just try yeah, give it. Give it a test, sure. Oh, but I'll I'm try not, it. But I shouldn't invest any kind of like no, serious money into it. No, not at all. I just know for anything that like any sort of competitive multiplayer game won't work. It's gonna be like total nothing on that well, service. Well, and if you're if you're crazy, like so, their argument is you you're gonna have great hardware on the other end rendering this shit for you, right? If you're a true, if you're a truly hardcore bleeding edge of technology person you're gonna have your own pc that you're swapping out graphics right? cards Isn't every that year the other thing like if you're a hardcore pc person no i'm gonna a part of the well, and remember and remember google stadia is controller only yeah there is no mouse and keyboard oh so that's gonna be a, a real selling point for those pc folks then yeah did so well and, and you know for a pc player Building the PC is part of the fun, you know, like, and going and especially if you're one of those psychos who does water cooling, like, dude, having all the sweetest parts in your PC is a major increase to your e-dick. Everyone knows <laughs> that. That's just life. Mm -hmm. Big e-dick, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest nickname of all time. <laughs> Big Dick Tony. <laughs> he doesn't drop people on their heads when uh, suplexing them. He no. knows how to wrestle. He's also not a thousand years old. Sideswipes the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I just, you know, good luck to him and everything. Yeah, more, who knows? More competition is always better because Correct. it lights a fire under the other companies. In theory, well, and yes. that's the thing. I, I feel like... You know, the streaming services could be a great supplement to having your own hardware. Because um, not everybody has the money for that. Right. And you know what? Maybe if you buy your library digitally and you have an Xbox, well, maybe you can install it locally and you can take advantage of the benefits of local play. But if you are out and about, um, you go on vacation, you want to just take your controller with you, Maybe Microsoft could do something for that. Well, and exactly. And what if Microsoft, let's say Microsoft comes out at E3 and they say, by the way, any games you buy from us from now on, because remember, your saves, like all your information is already sir, saved digitally. The only thing that's really on your console is the copy of the game itself. Mm -hmm. Everything else is really in the cloud, the mystical cloud. <laughs> um so Microsoft could easily just say, you know, this Project X Cloud that they've been talking about, you know, any game you buy on your Xbox also works on Project X Cloud and you can go stream on your PC or on your mobile phone or on your tablet or whatever. If they do that, 
Fucking Stadia is dead. What's the point of Stadia, exactly? I would like them to come up with a service that allows you to convert a physical copy to a digital copy. And that just seems like a no-brainer to me because you're now getting... You would essentially... You would be breaking uh, a disc version, which would be taking away resale value. But I would do that because I would rather just be able to click another icon and not have to move a disc. Well, they don't really have to worry about resale value for much longer because GameStop's probably going out of business in the next year or two. That's not even the joke. It probably no, will. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I uh, think they are going out of business soon. Well, they... What know, are they going to make money on? Nothing. They're, all their money was tied up in selling used consoles and used games at a considerable markup mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so used games are basically going away everyone's going digital as time goes on my well, favorite was always going to GameStop and buying a new game and then having them be like oh we have the used copy for five dollars less We're like yeah no fuck that i want a new one thank you <laughs> yeah well and they so I, I think people it's one of those things where people can see what's coming but sometimes it takes a lot longer to get there than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and GameStop has, until recently, you know, been doing okay. But I think it was this last quarter's results came in, um, and finally they're they are seeing those used game sales just plummet. Well, and what can you even if you're GameStop? What can you shift into to make a consistent profit? Because you think about stuff that's other stuff that's, like, ancillary. Like, if you start selling, like, comic books or you start selling, like, Magic the Gathering or Pokemon cards or something like that. I was going to say you could maybe go into tabletop gaming. But but that's not even that big. Like, I feel like most of those places are propped up by having tournaments and stuff like that. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And I don't think any of those places are making, like, big corporation profits. No. No, you a know, lot like of those stock places, market profits. No. A lot of those places are going to be mom and pop shops. We've got a couple not far from us. I used to go play D and D at one of them, mm-hmm. and you know you go and they've actually started charging five bucks a week for D and D if you want to play Adventure League, but they didn't before. But people come in, you're going to see all the shit that they have. You might buy a new figurine, you might buy a book. Um, they had like snacks and soda and shit there. You might pick that up while you're playing. Yeah. So it's nothing, it's ticky-tacky stuff. It's not... It's not something that's going to sustain um, a publicly traded company. No, not at all. Yeah. And that's already a very saturated market. Same thing with comic books. I mean, you can't just start adding that stuff. I feel like maybe at one point they did. Or maybe I'm thinking of like Suncoast or something, like way back in the day. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's... An, it's If you're into comic books, you either have the shit delivered to your house or you have a comic book store where you like the people there and you're just yeah. gonna go and that's my store mm-hmm. and i gotta suddenly start going to gamestop for comics so in short gamestop fucked seems like it yeah. i can't see a way that they stay open for too much longer well and i was actually thinking about like you know whenever the new xbox gets announced or whatever and obviously i'm gonna pre-order it because i'm a fucking lunatic <laughs> you know should, I, pre- should I pre-order it at GameStop or should I pre-order it somewhere else? Because you don't want to go like drop $50 on a pre-order at GameStop and then and they the close con. like before the console comes out. Right. Yeah, I... I think 
the last couple times we've pre-ordered a console, we did it off of uh, Amazon, right? I like places where you can go get it when the day it comes out because yeah. I don't want to have to deal with the possibility of like. I mean, I would just yeah. I would just pre-order at Best Buy. Yeah. You know, or Target. Or maybe we didn't pre-order any of the systems last time. We. I got you Xbox I, One for Christmas. I pre- I pre-ordered a an Xbox One, but then ended up canceling that pre-order. Um, because I wasn't sold on it, and then I got it for you for Christmas, right? And then we like got a random uh, PS4. Like, Someone gifted it to you, right? Yeah, actually, my buddy Sheila, who we're seeing tonight, uh, as a uh, she didn't get me a shower gift, and then she sent me a package at our apartment, and I'm opening it, and there's a PlayStation 4 controller, and I was like. She knows we don't have a PlayStation 4. Why would she give us this? And I'm kind of looking in because you don't think someone's going to send you a console, a fucking five, $400, $500 console. And I get in and I'm like, holy fucking shit, that's insane. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, E3. But then we ended up with all three of the systems anyway because we're well, maniacs. Well, if, so. you, if you remember, Erica... Once you sold the Wii U and the games that came oh, with... Oh, that's true. That's the, true. The games that you had for the Wii U... We got the Switch for basically free. Right. It was essentially like very little money. That's like true. It was totally worth it. That's true. It was It was a no-brainer. It was essentially $60. Right. Oh, so the story has changed. It wasn't essentially free. I never, um, I never oh. claimed it was essentially free. Alex. It was essentially $60. Alex. He's right. I mean, he's right. I mean, yeah, he's that's, ro- that's correct. He's wrong, but he's right. <laughs> and I will say, I get a lot more use out of the Switch than I ever got out of the Wii U. So, well, no well, one you, used the Wii U. You play it portably a lot. I don't think I've ever actually. I may have hooked it up once when I was playing Breath of the Wild to the TV, and then I was like, "Oh, I can play this lying in bed." <laughs> Fuck this! Sitting up like a chump. Fuck that! Let me go lie down. Like a queen. I don't know how people lie down and play video games. I can't do it. Very easily, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very comfortable. E3, Bob, what are you looking forward to? What are you interested in? Uh, well, as with most E3s, what I'm really interested in is, you know, what what new games will get announced. Um, I did see that... Um, there was a leak that uh, confirming that the uh, George R. R. Martin from Software Game is coming. Okay. Elden Hunt or whatever it's called. Okay, real quick. He needs to stop saying, I'm only focusing on the books now. Because this is like the seventh project I've heard he's doing <laughs> that is not, not the f- that's not fucking Winds of Winter. So, my dude, if you're not working on it, you just need to say you're not working on it. Don't keep flying in with the, oh, yeah, we're working on it, when you're clearly not working on it. And that's fine. Just be honest. Is this going to be another... Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll wait and see what it is. But, you know, like, Dark Souls was kind of like this... uh, How would you describe the aesthetic of Dark Souls? Kind of... medieval Dark high fantasy. Okay. Is how I would kind of put Dark Souls. Because you've got the dragons fucking around in there. You've got, like, the gothic castles and that shit. And Bloodborne's, like, Victorian. Lovecraftian kind yeah. of. Cthulhu mythos-esque. Have any guesses on what Elden Hunt's going to be? I don't 
know because George R. R. I think goes the rumor was ways. maybe like I think the rumor was maybe like Vikings. I'm, I'm into that. That'd be a Because Sekiro was like Japanese samurai type thing. I do want to pick that up. Still. I have so many fucking games that I need to play. Yeah, that you're never going to play anything. Or... I know. I'm not. Let's just. You could buy them. Right. And then, you know, I could like borrow them and then I'll never play them. <laughs> so it'll be the cycle of no one ever playing. And I'll anything. end up just playing I'll like just another keep, hundred I'll just keep playing Stardew Overwatch right, and exactly. you could play Stardew Valley. Exactly. Because that, that is my life. But, um. No, I'd be. In- it's from software. Always interested so in a game. So it's going to be them. great, right? Um, they'll be George R. R. Will be forced to finish the writing, or they'll just finish it for him. Sit down. Or they'll just Old use. Man. Or they'll just do the usual from software thing and have like no story, you know. So there are options. There's stuff they can do there. Um, but yeah, I'm more interested to see. I'd like another big meaty like JRPG, like a good one that I could sink my teeth into. Um. There is uh, another a new Star Wars game. Is it single player? Being announced. It is single player. It's made by Respawn, which is uh, the Titanfall creators, former oh, okay. Call of Duty creators. Interesting. Um, here, ho- hold on, hold on. We- what do you What do you think about that new Call of Duty Modern Warfare? That's apparently going to be mega violent. What do you mean apparently going to... Like, they're all violent. No, but they're saying, like, this is going to be, like, realistic violent. I mean, I guess I'm fine with that. But what does that even mean? I don't know. Hmm. I I really have absolutely no idea. We're watching the trailer for the... uh, What's the name of the game, honey? Fallen Order, isn't it? Yeah. Do we know when it takes place within the stories or don't know yet does it matter not really are we kind of doing like action sort of it RPG looks like thing, uncharted or? meets uh star wars i mean i'm fine with that though i never played an uncharted game so respawn's like the king of gameplay so what are I the have, games do they have under their belt titanfall one and two okay they used to make um they made call of duty one two four and modern warfare two Mm. Oh, they did four. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. So this that. is this is like some of the best people in the industry. Right. So that's right where you want to be. And hopefully EA can just keep themselves from fucking it up. Well. <laughs> and that's the actor from Shameless, and he uh, was also on. Um, he was the one of those. Wasn't he on Gotham? And he was one of those like I don't know when they were doing like the fake Jokers and stuff or something. Oh, I uh, gotcha. I gotcha. Did you watch any of Gotham? No. Okay, me neither. He's great on Shameless, though. I've heard good things about Shameless. Um, I mean, new Star Wars game, single player. That could be interesting. Um, Just have to be concerned. EA. There's like, always, EA, EA fucks there's up always everything. the background I concern. can't even remember the last good EA game. Seriously. There's always, in the in the back of your head, there's always the, the concern. Um, I do love a trailer when it, that starts with alpha gameplay footage. Because, like, oh, the game won't look anything Right, like it's this. going to completely change. Right on, Red. Thank you for letting me know. Thank you for showing me this. Well, that's E3 is just the bullshit videos all over the place. Exactly. That's just the show. Right. My favorite, though, was still the difference between the um, Colonial Marines trailer and what actually shipped. Yeah. Was so ridiculous. Well, that was, like, that was the very definition of a debacle. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I I read um, 
and there is a trailer out there you can look it up if you want uh, I'm trying to blank on the name right now you're There's trying a, to blank on the name I'm no I'm drawing a blank uh, you know the people who made Hellblade Ninja Theory who got bought by Microsoft they mm-hmm. have a new game coming out oh that's it's that four be, on yeah, four thing gonna, you were talking it's gonna about it's going to be right? a four on four fighting game sounds like an arena fighting game with like maybe like heroes like overwatch has where like everyone's like their unique personality and unique abilities and everything could be pretty cool so i don't know one v one fighting game hard enough to make four v four like arena fighting game sounds really hard to make we'll see what ends up happening though what was the one from um oh fuck erica they do the fallout games Bethesda. Yeah. Well, they have a new Elder Scrolls coming. Well, new Elder Scrolls. I'm and then that's Starfield or whatever. Is it Starfield? That's what I was trying maybe. to remember. Well, they said that's like... That's way that's off. That's like way but out. But I would expect we'd see maybe a little bit of it. I think Todd Howard or whatever his name is or whatever was out there saying, you know, at the new Elder Scrolls is going to be like a 10-year game. Like, it's going to be so long. And when it comes out, you'll see why it's so long. Believe me, I sold you guys on Fallout 76. <laughs> My engine is not out of date at all. No, no, not at all. But let's be real. I will buy the new Elder Scrolls game like the second it drops. I love those games. Uh, I got to see some stuff because after Fallout 76... You do have to come in with some caution because of that bullshit. Um, I really, I played a shitload of Skyrim, though. I didn't... Uh, yeah, I loved Skyrim. Skyrim. I loved Oblivion. I loved Skyrim. Those are both great games. I did find Oblivion was hard to go back to after playing Skyrim. Did Oblivion get Xbox One X enhanced? You know, I don't so know. So you might be able to play like a much better version of that now. I should look into with a that. Because smoo- that was the thing when Oblivion came out, like the graphics, that was like a, a launch Xbox game or mm-hmm. Xbox 360 launch game, right? I believe so. We mm. are getting a Dragon Ball Z RPG. That could. That's another one. That's either going to be like awesome or terrible. No in between. I will say I did really like. Um, uh, I don't know if I would call it an RPG so much, but there's Dragon Ball Fusions on the uh, 3DS. I got a kick out of that it. one. That do was you, a lot of fun. Do you want to know the title for it? Lay it on me. I'm sure it's ridiculous. Dragon Ball Game Project Z. That's got to be a working title. No, that should just be the title. That'd be outstanding. <laughs> so it's just, it's just everything going to leak before that Microsoft press conference tomorrow? Probably, yes. The whole press conference is going to leak. But this is on Microsoft's website. It's in their store. Oh, well, there you go. There's a pre-order. Just leak, it, just, just leak it yourself. The rumor, <laughs> the rumor is uh, Cyberpunk's going to get a release date. Oh, uh, maybe November of this year, which would be sooner than I think people thought. But that's been in development for like a for long a minute. time. Yeah. I mean, when did Witcher Three come out? Was that five, six years ago? With this, it's been one? a while. Yeah. that game's been out a long time. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I would be blown away after the quality of Witcher Three if Cyberpunk Punk isn't excellent. I don't know what Cyberpunk is. Could that sounds like a fun hockey game. Yeah. Oh, oh, ooh, <laughs> but, yeah. But Cyberpunk, I would be surprised if it wasn't excellent. So Cyberpunk, they've got like cybernetic enhancements and shit. It's like really violent. It's really bloody. And it's like a 3v3 hockey game. You just kill each other. Yes. One of my favorite games. Well, before I go to that, did you ever watch that hour long gameplay they showed of Cyberpunk? 
It was like around last year's E3. Yeah. Right? I think I did. Okay. Because that, that was like, that looked amazing. Oh, it looked glorious. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite games ever was for the original Xbox. And it unfortunately came out like right before Xbox Live came out, which was like probably killed the whole fucking game. It was called Death Row. And did you ever play this? It was, it was like a 4v4 ultimate frisbee, essentially. But really like gritty a lot of swearing when games didn't have that and you know like the goal was basically just like pass the disc around and throw it into the goal at the opposite ends and you had like a goalie on each end but the other way you could win was you could beat the shit out of the other team and knock their players out of the game and i'm shitting you not it was a great game and i mean I'm, I'm talking that. about like a nine out of ten type of game but you could really only play against the computer or you would have to go through the whole hassle of system linking because there was no Xbox Live on it. It's like, oh, my God, you guys needed to release this game like a year later. And right. You would have made would have so much perfection. money. It was one of the best games on the original Xbox, but you could only play it local. Right. So what else are you looking forward to at E3, Alex? Um... Well, well, and who's you know, not doing a conference? Sony's Sony is not, not doing a all, conference. Right? It's all Microsoft is essentially going to get all the focus because Nintendo does their Nintendo directs. does their yeah their little bullshit direct where they basically usually show like one thing. It works for them. Oh, I can't argue with Nintendo's business model. I mean, it's just not for me. Right. But no, I'm just you know my big concern still with Microsoft is their ability to get their first party studios to make something good like i didn't even play crackdown 3 because it just to me looked like shit and you know i love the first game but i i always heard the second game sucked and i've heard the third game sucked too and outside of racing games i have no faith in anything coming out of microsoft so they need to like start showing some really good stuff i mean well you would hope that now they bought those studios you're going to get something from there. But are they going to manage those studios properly? Well, that's what I'm saying. You would hope you'd get something out of there. So we'll see. But you know, I think we're going to see Halo Infinite. That'll probably be at least good. I think we're going to see Gears of War 5, which will I thought Gears of War 4 was okay. It didn't grab me. The story was very dull, I would say. So I'm sure Gears of War 5 will be okay to some degree, but again, you if you're Microsoft, you need great games. You don't need okay. No, you do. You, and you don't need a ton, but you do need some to sustain you. You need a couple great games, and you could fill in the rest with, you know, good to fine. Not This, is, this isn't coming out on Xbox, but did you watch that 15-minute trailer for Death Stranding? from like a couple I, weeks ago. I started watching it. And I, I was heard, like, eh. I saw some pictures. That game looks so wacky. It's total Kojima. It's Kojima. Kojima unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably, if anything, that might be a rental just to see. Because like Guillermo del Toro's in that shit. Mads Mikkelsen is in that shit. Like him and Kojima are like buddy-buddy now, which is hysterical to me to no end. You got What's-His-Nuts from... Uh, uh, Walking, uh, Dead. Walking Dead. His name is escaping, escaping me. me right now, but yeah, unfiltered Kojima. That's going to be interesting to say the very least. Yeah, and I don't know if Microsoft has the internal studios to put people on this stuff. Oh, another thing is 
there was remember another team implemented at playground games that's probably going making a fable game so that'll probably be announced at the c3 i think and you know i could get into a fable game yeah i love the fable games i thought they were all great games they never lived up to Molyneux's insane promises well but he's a big overhyper i mean that's like his whole life exactly but (laughs) the poor guy can't help himself (laughs) but uh no i really like the fable games um and we haven't had one of those in a long time it's been a minute and to me i think now again i don't know what they have studio wise who's already tasked onto what but i want another conquer game like conquer's bad fur day is a great game um and i think it's been way more than enough time where there should be another perfect dark yeah it's been a minute since uh, the last perfect dark and that gives you a female-led game so you get to check that pr check right, mark right you guys there. get to crow about that that's exactly. right look we're promoting women we're inclusive you get to do that it's easy Wink. <laughs> exactly <laughs> we don't actually care but we're gonna pretend we're gonna we say that we care happy pride alex from your favorite corporations happy pride hey do you think valve will show a game fuck are there people who still genuine like come into e3 thinking all right guys did you read there was that there was that article maybe about a week ago from someone who just recently was working at valve and they said like the basic summary of it was there's no leadership structure at Valve, officially. Right. But there is. Well, because of course there is. <laughs> so, in theory, everyone is on the same level, but actually there are people who have the shit. same job title as you who could fire you. And no one is given any instruction on what to work on. You're just supposed to work on stuff on Do your own. Things. But... If, like, the invisible leadership doesn't like what you're doing, they either try to nudge you in another direction or they fire you. And the person said there's, like, a couple people working on concepts for Half-Life 3, and that game is not in development in any way, shape, or form. No. Like, they, there's something going on over there. They can't get their ducks in a row. They have too much money coming in through, stream, through Steam and no pressure. Right. Like, they're just... They're a private company. No one knows. They've got to be. How much money does Gabe Newell have? All of it. Seriously. I mean, he's got to have more money. Yeah, he's doing okay. <laughs> than like anyone. Yeah, he's doing like, all right. Like Valve has crazy money, so there's no pressure. Right. Why would they, why take the risk? Yeah. Why, why invest bother? hundreds of millions of dollars to develop something that, yeah, is going to make a profit. But in the meantime you're just spending money why would you spend money you're making free money on steam you don't even have to do anything i don't know and they don't you literally don't have to do anything it's just you're just the middleman which is always the best business oh that's right where you want to be in anything yeah i don't i don't understand why they don't just come out and be like yeah we're we're not doing games anymore well, apparently there's some desire to, since there's people working on it, but not anyone, any, not anywhere near enough to actually make well, a game. Well, and I mean, I understand that there's Valve time, but it's been ten years or something. It's more than ten years. When did the Half Life? When 2 did Half Life Two come out? Let me look. At I want to say it was like 2005, 2006. Holy shit! Was it really? Yeah, because I, wa- I think. The orange box came out in like 2007-ish. Half-Life 
2 released November 16th 2004 <laughs> it's been 15, 15 years fucking years dude that's crazy but when did the episodes come out that's what I'm looking for now I want to say the last one was in 2007. Yeah, because there was episodes one. That's the other thing. They didn't even finish those episodes. October 10th, 2007 is when Half-Life 2 Episode 2 shipped. And here's the thing. Holy shit. You want to say, hey, we're going to do the episodic thing. It's going to make stuff, you know, we can get you contact quicker. You don't, don't, you can't end your second episode on that cliffhanger. And <laughs> just never make another game. And then just, oh yeah, we're done. Or don't even say that you're done. Just radio silence for 12 years. How about you go fuck yourself? How's that, Valve? Just go right to hell. How's that? Bob, you want to make some more noise? Yeah, we got all kinds of noise on the podcast. It's fine. But no, that's just, it's so disingenuous to your consumers that it it just, it feels like a gigantic middle finger. You guys can't get your shit together to put together an episode three? Fuck you. Like the thing, the thing to me, you know, that I always like the most about Phil Spencer, for example, is Phil Spencer every year does that sit down with Jeff Gertzman where they talk about stuff and he's as open and honest as he can be. He's, you know, if they'll, if they ask him something he can't answer, he'll be like, look, I can't talk about that. You know, we're not talking about that yet, but he's really forthcoming or at least comes off that way, which is great for your head of Xbox. Oh, it's a good look, for sure. It's great for a PR guy, essentially, but you're Gabe Newell. You answer to fucking nobody. Like, there's no, like, board of directors or stockholders or anyone that you answer to it's your fucking company as far as i know mm-hmm. i think he owns the majority of that company i believe so I well it, being a private company no one knows no one has any no. idea but in theory he answers to no one he could just come out and be like look guys i want to make half-life 3 but i don't know what to make like if he just came out and said that people would be like Okay. You'd be a little pissed. You know, but people would be aggravated but, that he okay. didn't say it 10 years ago. At least just said something. But you could just come out and be like, look, I want to make Half-Life 3, but I don't know what game to make. I don't just want to make another derivative game of Half-Life 2. I don't know. I want to implement something unique, but I haven't come up with the idea yet. And it's the same thing for like George R.R. with the fucking Oh, game it's the of exact same books. thing. If you just come out and say like, look, I have writer's block. I don't know what to do. Right. So it's going to be a while. It's going to be a minute. Rather than saying like, oh, it's going to be like next year. It's going to be done by the end of this year. Don't lie and say you're working on it. And then the next year it's like, well, just kidding. Right. (laughs) Stuff came up. Sorry. It's disingenuous. And as a a consumer of your work, it pisses me off. You know? So it's just like, well, fuck you too then. I'm trying to think of uh, what else I might be looking forward to. I mean, you know, you're always hoping for a big surprise or something. Or mm-hmm. or a new IP that looks interesting. You know, and I've said before, not that I want this because, like, let's say if Microsoft bought Nintendo, I'm sure they would just ruin all of Nintendo's first-party studios because it's Microsoft <laughs> and that's their track record. But if you're Microsoft, and I don't know what the ownership structure of Nintendo is, who owns what percentages or whatever... Why wouldn't you want to buy Nintendo? Because you're so much bigger than Nintendo. 
and that eliminates a competitor, and then you get all their properties. Does Microsoft really view Nintendo as a competitor, though? doesn't matter what they view them as. They are a competitor. No, I understand that, but I think they view the PlayStation 4 and Sony as more of a direct competitor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they look at Nintendo as more than, like, a toy. Well, I... It, I could be wrong about that. That's just kind of my Well, my, my point. My point still is, what is Microsoft's big issue? It's first-party studios. If you bought a Nintendo, what do you have then? First-party first studios. studios. You have all their great studios, all the great people that work there. Now, would they bungle it? Yeah, fucking probably. Would people quit because they don't want to work for Microsoft? Yeah, probably to some degree. But you'd still have Mario and Luigi and Metroid and everything else, Zelda and everything else under the fucking sun. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo is in no way any... Like, they could easily spend the money to buy Nintendo, but I don't know who owns it or what the deal is over there and all that. Oh, they could just be not interested in selling. I mean, I know everybody has a price, but what... Oh, there's a... Everybody has a price, Erica. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great theme song. I loved his entrance music. Money, 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 (laughs) money, money. I mean, Nintendo is a publicly traded company, so you know if if Microsoft really wanted to do it, they could. And what's like look? What's like Nintendo's net worth versus Microsoft's? It's going to be like a drop in the bucket. Let's see here. I'm looking at financial. Everybody's got a price. Well, well, he figures that out. Everybody's going to pay. I don't know. I'm trying to think like what else. We're obviously going to see like something Forza related because there must be something Forza related. <laughs> um, You're going to get more about, um, I would assume, the Final the, Fantasy remake, which I maybe. Don't well, that's the other thing. Anything third party is probably going to be showcased at Microsoft's press conference because there is no Sony press conference. So they're going to get like all the trailers. Well, and I think and that's s- the, the fucking show is going to be two hours long. Oof. Um. I think Square Enix has a show, uh, or they have a a press conference. There were one last year. But does anyone watch those? I didn't last year because it was dog shit. Like, how many people watch, like, the Ubisoft or E3 or You know, I might have it on, like, in the background at work, you know? But usually it's just kind of, I'll... I feel like the big ones are the the major console. Right. I'll pay attention to those, and then I might just, like, check the news about the other ones. Um... We're, I'm sure we're going to get something about the new Xbox. Probably. So, the market cap for Nintendo is $43.2 billion. The market cap for Microsoft, and they've been jumping back and forth with with Amazon and Apple over this, is over $1 trillion. Yeah, so that's... So Nintendo is literally like nothing. Eat the rich. But what's the value of of Xbox comparatively to the rest of Microsoft? Oh, it's all buried in divisions. Yeah, you you no never you never know, right? I mean, Microsoft has to be making a lot of money off Xbox, just off all the Xbox Live Gold subscribers and all the people that they've gotten signed up for Game Pass and everything. I mean, if they weren't doing well, they. They, yeah, they I still have it. There would be major changes over so there. So obviously, the big the big money maker for Microsoft is Office. That's still far and away number one. I no, 
It's got to be still Windows uh, licenses. No way. No yep. way. They Those licenses are given away at this point. No, they're basically. not. They're not. There was actually a huge lawsuit over that. It's got to be Office. No, I'm, tell, I'm telling you. I guarantee you, Bob, it's Windows licenses. Bob, look it up. There's no way it's It's got to be it's got to be Office. Office has to make more money than anything else in the company. So anyways, okay, so let's just we'll we'll figure out what's number 1 and 2, but it's probably Office and then it's probably Windows. Disagree. Or Off, Windows either, is number 1, Office is number 2. You're wrong. <laughs> no, we'll figure it out. Where are you getting that from? From the Microsoft Wikipedia page. That doesn't help me. Well, it's not like that. Anyway, but the point point is how no micro Windows has to run on every Windows PC that there is, and they license it, and the license is not cheap. It's less than the Office license, but not every computer gets an Office license. Every, like, fucking computer at every Alex, workplace in the country does. But do you know how many servers are out there that don't have Office licenses, but will have a Windows server license? And those Windows servers licenses are more expensive. Okay, my point is, the point I'm trying that to get you're to wrong? is, what would be the third big moneymaker for Microsoft? Would it be Xbox, or is it, like keyboards and mouse or mice um, or like what would be probably azure okay yeah i agree with that so xbox has got to be one of their like four to five top money makers it might, though. it's it's yeah it's, they're not gonna like get said, out of the console business no, not anytime soon Ooh, how microsoft makes money bob's here for the podcast well, no, always, always is Alex. Well, you you're the one who brought this up, and then the image won't load. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, you went and saw John Wick three, and you found it a little lacking. Yeah, this Bob. Did you feel like John Wick three had like no plot? No plot. No, it had a plot. Kind of threadbare though. No, I, I mean it's, it wasn't it wasn't thick. I think what, where we ultimately ended up with it was we enjoyed it. We weren't mad. We went and saw it. But it's diminishing returns at this point. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was too long, like many movies are. A lot of things felt dragged out. A lot of like, you know, it's like a video game where it's like, go here, kill people. Go there, kill people. Go to this sweet looking glass room, kill people. <laughs> like, that was the movie but there was nothing really driving John Wick from point A to point B to point C. Like, and it was it was weird. Like, he goes, he drags his ass through the fucking sand to go see the leader of uh, the, the elder, fucking I think he assassins was or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, apparently in this universe, like. 80% of the population are assassins. See, that I'm totally fine with. I <laughs> yeah. don't care about that. That's totally cool. Okay, yeah. but so he goes and drags his ass through the sand to go see this guy, chops off his fucking finger to prove his loyalty, and then he goes back to the U.S. and is like immediately like, fuck these people. So it was just I think weird. even at that moment he was like, fuck these people, but this is the only way that I can get what I want. You know, 
Because they made a point of showing that Elder put the his ring in his pocket, and I think that's going to factor in later. John's going to want that ring back. Yeah. I just... Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I was kind of a little annoyed with the hard setup for the sequel. Um, but... But what did we say? Like, give us, you know, some people from the high table. You got to start filling that out. And the next, the villain of the next movie should be someone from the high table. And also, it seems like this whole movie, these whole like trilogy of movies, have taken place in like a five day span in universe. Yes. And he's been shot. He's been stabbed. I mean, this guy's recuperative powers are fucking unbelievable. He's the Baba Yaga. Like people were complaining. In uh, Dragon Ball Super. Remember during the Tournament of Power? What was the whole fight supposed to be? Like 22 minutes? 60. 60 minutes? And Goku and Vegeta are just like regaining all their stamina every like 30 seconds. Well, you know, here's the thing about it, Alex. It's a television show (laughs) for children. So I'm fine with it. Sorry. That's good podcasting right I there. didn't realize the volume was on. <laughs> Damn it, Bob. I'm doing research for the podcast. During the podcast. <laughs> um, is what I'm here for. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really remember the second movie. I would say it's probably better than the second movie, but the first one still stands alone of the three. That first one. Oh, that first one is so good. That's a great but flick. I, I do read stuff, though, like, are the John Wick movies already the best action movies ever? And it's like, no. I can think of many better action movies. I would movies. say not collectively, but that first one. I don't think so, even the first one. I think you could make the argument it's in the team photo. I mean. Maybe not the best. Fury Road's a way better action movie. I would agree with you. Uh, The Matrix is a way better action movie. You know, you do need to go back and remind yourself that that first Matrix movie is so much better than those fucking sequels. And all In the, every single possible and, way. And the second Matrix movie was like a shitty movie with a shitty story, but the action set pieces were fucking awesome. The highway. Everything on that highway was better than anything in John Wick 3. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement to make. That highway scene, Bob, that like... That's some of the best stuff ever done for action. Well, but there's, I, I will also argue, though, that there are, are different types of action. Right? Also true. You yes. know, like there was the, the like the the fight scene in John Wick three in, in like the weapon museum room or whatever. You know, that was tight and intimate and like it's fucking awesome. Brought me much joy. Right. Um it reminded me of that fight, a, a little bit of that fight scene in Daredevil season one in the hallway. Um, not for how it was shot, but just the intimacy of it and how tight. So hearkening back to the yeah. hallway scene from Old Boy. <laughs> so, you know. So you ever see Old Boy? No. You ever see Old Boy? The no. original? No. no. Good fucking movie. It's um, fucked up, but it's good. When I think about action movies, of course, I always go back to Commando, which is a way better movie than any of the John Wicks. Commando's a fucking masterpiece. I won't even. Don't even fucking like. Do the I'm little, not. I'm not. I just love how much you love Commando. No, that's a way. Come on, Erica. It, it makes me happy. That's a how way much, better movie how much than John. Joy Wick. that gives to you, Bob. When's the last time you watched Commando? 
Yeah, you've only watched it the one time ever, right? I think a year or two ago. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was last year. You know, just some people, Erica, some people, you just can't help them. I know. You know? I know. Has this guy started watching The Shield yet? We have not. He's just a, you're such a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, we had a, a like a week or like a month stretch there where each weekend we'd watch a bunch of like the older action movies. Like he had never seen Time Cop, which I found unforgivable. So we watched fucking Time Cop. And eh, Time Cop wasn't that good. Bloodsport. Oh, what was the other one we watched? Hard Target when they were in New Orleans? Seriously, the 80s and the 90s were like the best for action movies. They were, but I do think John Wick is almost kind of a throwback to that same style. Even, I think you could make the argument, uh, maybe not in the, the way they're doing the action, but Fury Road is a fairly simple story told very well with amazing action in it. Yeah. And that's what I want out of an action movie. I don't need you to be heavy with plot. Give me the basic through line and then and give I need me some mayhem. lines. You need some lines. I need some great lines that are well delivered. Mediocre. <sighs> well, you know, I think you know, if you think about a lot a little easy for you to say. Yep. Uh, if you think about a lot of the action movies from the 80s and 90s, there was, uh, you know, like you think about Commando. That's that's a perfect example. There's a there's a certain tongue-in-cheek aspect of it, you know. No, from the second that they show him, like, walking with the fucking tree trunk, and then, like, the next scene is him <laughs> feeding a fawn with his daughter. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is what we're doing. I am here for this. Right. Now you're going to cooperate, right? Wrong. And what's his fucking name? Isn't it like John Matrix or yeah. something insane? <laughs> Matrix! Matrix! You promised me! You said you'd kill me last! I lied. <laughs> Seriously, that's better. That scene right there is better than anything that's ever been done in John Wick. I mean, I don't know that I agree with that sentiment, but... It's funnier than anything done in the John I, Wick movies. I do movies. think, though, that the John Wick movies are a throwback to that style of we're going to be pretty simple here and we're going to do our action very, very well. Matrix, yeah. did you leave us anything? Only bodies. Just bodies. Well, there's no goofiness to the John Wick universe. It's, no, it's absurd. Very no, it it's is absurd, it's all, but yeah, pretty serious. But it's it's straight. I mean, I, I would argue the moments in the first movie where, like, when the cop comes to the door and he like look these like, and it's just bodies behind John. He's like, "Oh, you're working again, huh?" Like, you got moments of some levity, but it's not overtly comical. Right. I love that first John Wick. Oh, it's a great movie. It is a great movie. It's a fucking dog. Do you want to talk about the John Moxley, Chris Jericho podcast? Um, I think we can uh, discuss it a smidge. Um, I don't think we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, also, we're not really going to talk about WWE Blood Money. That's just we we neither of us watched it and we heard it was don't a care. debacle. Don't give a shit. Yeah, great. Fine. Go do whatever the fuck it is you're doing over there. Did you did you see that Finn Balor? took a picture there with like a gay pride shirt on. I did see that, yes. So he's probably never getting invited. Probably back not, but good for be, him. Probably be on the band Fucking list. good for him. Hey, Happy good, Pride, Finn it's Balor. It's a good way to never have to go again. I know, right? <laughs> Happy uh. Pride, Finn Balor. Um, 
Well, Ali, uh, Mustafa Ali donated the money he made, which who fucking knows how much it was, but he donated his money to charity. Uh, Sami Zayn was asked not to come. He spent the day uh, raising money for Syria. So there, there was good that came out of it, not as a direct result of WWE at all, but I know they're affecting change. But Yeah. 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 Affecting change. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Such a good, good corporate citizen. Definitely not a country who's like a hundred years behind everyone else. Yeah. And we're way behind. Yeah, very much so. I take their money, Alex. It's a lot of money. You get that money. It is nice to have money. You chase that paper. I mean, if, look, look, I'm not going to bullshit you at all. If the Saudis want to pay me uh, like $6 million to come like flop around in a wrestling mat, I'm taking that fucking money, Erica. <laughs> and I don't give a shit what you have to say about it. <laughs> that's fair. At least you're, at least you're honest. Yeah. Um, and if they, that's and the if thing. They, and if they want me to be like, hey, Jeddah, the best place in the world, I'll fucking record that commercial. I'll do that too. Here's the thing though. Then just be like, and but I'm never not a company this. with like a billion dollars. We all know it's for the money. You know it's for the money. Don't be fucking out here trying to act like you're making the world a better place. Go fuck yourself. End of story. So the Johnny Moxley, uh, John Moxley uh, uh, interview with Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like you said, no big bombshells or mm-hmm. anything. Just a just, lot of just shit we conf- already knew. Confirmation of what everyone knows happens backstage. Vince is completely out of touch with reality. It's good shit. Uh, everything's good, good shit. shit. It's good Lots shit. of good shit. Lots of good shit. Uh, everything's got to be a poop joke. Um, you can't have any like poop jokes or childish humor in the script when it gets to Vince. Otherwise, they never get out of the script. And where where, where did that fucking come from? Just I'm an old man and I find that funny? Probably always found it funny. This is a guy who like would just push people into the pool because it made him laugh. I know. Which, you know, is funny. I mean, so it's they're funny. diminishing returns, but sure. It's pretty funny to push someone in a body of water. Let's just be real. It's like in just in general. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all shit that we've already known and we've all suspected having seen the show, you know? Yeah, it's it's just confirmation of all the stuff everyone pretty much already knows, unless you're like a diehard lunatic WWE fan that thinks the show is amazing. And, you know, if you're those people, um, enjoy it. <laughs> hey, if you do, if there are if people... If you can enjoy it, God bless you, because I can. Good for you, man. Good for you. But I'm more... I want to watch wrestling. I don't want to watch poop jokes for three hours. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's one of those guys. He loves pro wrestling, and he wants to do pro wrestling, and he doesn't want to get a bunch of input on what he's doing. You know, like well, I think the important thing that came, uh, or the the important way to read this is that. Like, did you listen to the podcast? Bob? I did listen to the podcast. You know, I think, and you've alluded to this. A lot of people assume that when people talk about pro wrestling, they're just talking about in ring work. No, but it's the promos. It's all the stuff. It's building a character. character well, and it's this is what those people lines. love doing. It, it's their passion. Daniel Bryan would talk about it. It's his art form. When he couldn't do it, he felt like he lost a part of himself because that's how he expresses himself. Mm-hmm. It's an art form. And you have, if you go and you work there, and I, I don't know, maybe it doesn't bother some people because they maybe they, it, it seems like Daniel Bryan is doing what he wants to do. With the whole evil well, uh, eco dude thing. Well, I think I don't know if we've talked about this on this podcast before, but I think there's about three types of people that work there. 
there's in terms of the wrestlers there's the people like a john moxley or a cm punk who deeply love pro wrestling but they also don't want that much input on what they're doing they they like you know if you give them an outline that's great they you know they'll take your ideas of who's going to win and who's going to lose and everything but they want to be able to do like the detail stuff the themselves. freedom within the framework tell yeah. me where like it, it's almost like shooting a curb your enthusiasm episode here's where we need to go have at it yeah like ghetto in new japan is telling you you're winning this match you're losing this match this is where we're going fill in the details right because i trust you because i hired you to do a job because what you did before right i i trust um, that you can you know your character so, so you kind of have those people that love pro wrestling yes and then i think you have the people that grew up with watching wwe that's their whole world and they love wwe and they just want to work in wwe and i think a good example of that would be like a zack Ryder. because if zack Ryder really loved pro wrestling and wanted to ply his craft he would have got the fuck out of there a long time ago right but for him you know every once in a while they throw him a bone right like at wrestlemania you win the tag team titles in a total nothing match or you win the intercontinental championship in a total nothing match it it never goes anywhere it doesn't matter but they throw you the bone every once in a while your dreams to work in wwe and you've been working there long enough that you're you're doing well. Yeah, you're, you're doing happy. All right. with, You've got a good life. It is what it is. And then I think the third peop, the third group of people are just people who view it as a job, view it as a way to make money. They don't care where they're positioned. They don't care about the quality of their matches. They don't care about the art part of it. Right. It's just a job. It's right. their it's their work. They're professionals. Right. And I think you know you could see like people like a Baron Corbin fall into that, or maybe like a Alexa Bliss. You know, they're going to do the best with what they're given, but they're not going to cry about their shitty writing or something, you know, like, whereas a guy like Dean Ambrose, when he was there, um, you know, if you give him a script and the script fucking sucks, he's going to be like, hey, this just is terrible. This makes me look like an idiot. I'm not going to say this. Or the stuff that he was talking about, what they wanted him to say with Roman. My friend is sick. I don't want to say this stuff. This is fucked up. And and the thing is that they just don't understand because they're so far in the past. Like Vince's mind is in like the fucking 1970s. When you go out there and you have someone say like you have Dean Ambrose say Roman Reigns, you know, fucking cancer got him and all that stuff. And now I'm going to get you Seth Rollins. You know, that doesn't put heat on Dean Ambrose. It puts heat on the company. If this was the 1970s, it would put heat on Dean Ambrose. Right. But we all know. But it's 2019. We know the script. We know he didn't write that fucking script. We right. know he didn't write that line. So the heat's on Vince. So it doesn't even work. Like, that's the thing. If it worked. Different story. Maybe that would be one thing. If Dean Ambrose came out and he was fucking hated, then you'd be like, well, I disagree with the method. But it worked. Right. But it doesn't work. It just right. makes people, like Dean Ambrose comes out, it's like, oh, fuck. Right, you they're know? making me say this about my friend. Or the way he said it, he vinced him. 
He Jedi mind tricked him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, it generally doesn't work on me, but it still works every once in a while. And I think, you know, I heard like a, a week, I think it was like a week before Double or Nothing, whenever that timing would work out. I think Sasha and Vince had a meeting and apparently things got smoothed over. And I'm sure she'll be back because she probably doesn't want to sit at home for five years. And it's always been her dream to be in WWE. And she he, she probably got Jedi mind tricked. Probably. You know, there's some people who just have that power. Steve Jobs had that fucking power. You know who doesn't have that power, Bob, is Tim Cook. <laughs> you want to talk about that, Bob? A thousand dollar monitor stand? Go fuck yourself. So let me ask you something. Cause I didn't With even look. the monitor stand, preferably. <laughs> I didn't even look at this, Bob, because I don't really care. If you just buy the monitor is it literally just like a panel and you would have to like lean it up against something? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. It doesn't like, come with like any sort I of think, stand. I, I, I think it does come with the stand, but the, the, the fancy monitor stand allows you to swivel it um, to Ooh. be like 90 degrees or something. Well, you bullshit. can do it in portrait or in landscape, right? Which right. is not worth a thousand dollars to me. No. But. It's a it's a bit of a price price increase. Yeah, just a little bit. But I mean, I guess if you're buying like a six thousand dollar monitor, right? What's a thousand dollars on a? On it's a hunk like of it's like complaining on gas for complaining about gas for a Ferrari. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but still, no, you, you would hope that, and I, I think you were absolutely right with Sasha. She probably went in. Vince gave her the, oh, you know, uh, the things are going to change. Things are going to change. We're going to give you good shit. I'll owe you one if you do this for me. All the shit that we've heard before. And it, nothing's going to change. It's going to be the I'm same. I'm not going to bury you right away. I don't hold grudges. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. And you feel bad because we've talked about this before too, where it's, you get really invested in people in NXT. They do good work down there. They're brought up to the main roster, and they're just shit on. And that's why I lost in all interest in NXT, because I know the end result. When when it was that first big wave of NXT talent, when it was Sasha and Charlotte and Bailey and Becky Lynch and Sami Zayn and Neville and all Kevin those Owens. people. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, that first initial wave when NXT went on the network and – got hot and all that stuff Enzo and Cass uh, the revival wasn't going yet I don't think but no, uh, it was, was the vaudeville it was the vaudeville vaudevillains you had the ascension in there you had um, um, who was Alexa Bliss managing but um, uh, Blake and Murphy yeah yeah um, so you had a lot of t- good tag teams you had a good women's division um, you had uh, you had a good men's division you had everything like the show was stacked and then you're like, oh, fuck, these are like the people who are going to reinvigorate Raw and SmackDown. And so you were into it. You were invested. Yep. And then they Very came much up. So. Most people aren't doing anything. Maybe Went they fart. get like something going here or there. It didn't work out the way you were hoping. So and then, OK, it's not, now it's like a new generation of people. I'll get invested in these people. Right. Well, and you figure, OK, well, you know, there's still the old guard. There's some of the old dudes still kicking around. We got to maybe it'll change once they kind of go part-time or they leave or whatever so yes you're absolutely right when you look at that second wave yeah you look at the second wave and you're like okay i'm gonna get into these guys i'm gonna get you know this is gonna be cool and then those guys come up and it's the same fucking thing and so it's like now they took shinsuke nakamura 
and made him a non-factor. Well, yeah, though, in his case, though, I think he's on like an extended work vacation. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm getting paid and whatever. I, I think don't care. he knew his body was at the point where he couldn't do the New Japan work schedule anymore, mm-hmm. which in those hard matches. Right, right. And right. it was like, I'm just going to come to WWE and I'm going to fucking coast and I'm going to make money and I'm going to surf. And that's great for him. He got what he wanted. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't think that, yeah, that one specifically, I think, is more about the performer than the positioning. Because he's been put in spots to have big matches, and they have and not delivered. Right, they've gone over like a wet So fart. that's, I don't blame them on that's fair. that that's one fair. specifically. That's fair. But then I, I'm going to say But there uh, are like a million other you, examples. Like Asuka. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't even need to get into that. No, we don't need to talk about it again. We've <laughs> talked about it before. My point is, this is why I stopped watching the weekly NXT, because I can't get invested in these people. I don't want to care, because they're just going to get the shitty end result. Right. So I'll still watch the takeovers, because it's like two and a half hours of great matches. Right. It's always good. You're never disappointed you'd watch the takeover. Um, but in terms of sitting there for an hour and watching that weekly TV, nah, because I know the invested? end result. Right. It always ends up the same way. Yeah. Got anything else, Bob? We've gone a while. You have gone a while. I mean, you brought up, um, you know, Apple and the fucking monitor stand <laughs> with their. Well, and where where is the point where the Apple diehards are like, yeah, no? Why are you fucking crazy? Well, what's nuts about that is so they're marketing that to professionals that's not that's not market that's not a consumer product there are a couple of lunatics who will buy it but you know that's intended to go along with the new mac pro um which starts at four grand right um that's the okay that mac pro is the other thing how many people are going to buy that not many seriously i you know the it'll be it'll be five thousand it'll be catered to um to uh, to people doing animation, basically. But are people? But those people, though, they have to be using the absolute top of the line stuff. Otherwise, it takes them forever to do their work. Mm-hmm. Aren't they already on Windows because Mac hardware has been so far behind for so long? I mean, those people must have shifted over to Windows in the past five years. Or I so. think that some people have, but you do still have folks who buy into the old adage that Mac is better for artistic stuff than PC is. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's true anymore. Yeah. And I do know a lot of animators, you I mean, still, you know, they just prefer to work on a Mac. And, um, like, you know, it's interesting. If you go back and you look at, like, South Park, um, they used to have to use, you know, the most expensive computers that money could buy. Um, but now, you know, they just use off the shelf iMacs. So it's, you know, it depends on the need. Um, and you know, if you need something of high power, but you're not quite getting into stuff like, um, clustered servers and that kind of craziness, there probably is a market, but it's gotta be pretty narrow and it's not consumer. For sure. Um, I think the last time they released a Mac, I went through and, like, I just tried to configure it for as, um, 
you know, the highest price tag you could. And you're, oh you know, you get into like 30, 40 grand. I was like, who's doing that? Like, come on. That's insanity. You, like, there, you can do it on Windows machines or Linux machines for way cheaper. So I, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, you know, Apple is, uh, Apple is a consumer electronics corporation. Like, I don't, I just don't see um, why they bothered to even release a new Mac Pro. But um, actually, no, I can think of one one group of people who would use it. Apple themselves. Are you making a profit on selling that to yourself? Well, if they need, you know, because they're notorious for they you know, whatever software they need, whatever systems they need, they're going to use hardware they build themselves. So I guess if you're going to go, if you need to build your own hardware and you've designed it and you you got it, well, okay, might as well sell might it. Might as well try to sell some of them. But Fucking that... cheese grater. Yeah. No, the, I, I think the design is ugly as sin. But even like, so before he died, uh, Jobs... Um, commissioned a like this ridiculous yacht and none of the software for yachts runs on apple none of it so i like the 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 fucking audacity of i'm gonna be dead in six months i want a super yacht steve jobs is like a huge asshole yes oh he's the biggest he's a massive douchebag um so he he commissioned a yacht and he said all the software needs to be rewritten to run on Mac. So everything on this yacht runs on a Mac. And it probably took Apple engineers forever to write that software that's only used on this one boat. Oh, I did want to talk about something else. So Destiny 2, Bungie kind of changed their business model. Oh, so, you alluded to that at the, uh, the top. Yeah, so, you know, Destiny 2 is in, it's it's at the, I would say, uh, the tail end of its year two content right now. So the way the game has been so far, to catch you up on, like, the DLCs and everything, there was the Destiny 2 base release. Then there were two DLCs called Curse of Osiris and Warmind, and that was, like, the year one content. Then the year two content started with the release of Forsaken. And then there has been, um, they call it like an annual pass, which was like three DLC releases. And that those four things kind of made up the year two of content. Year three is going to start with a new con- uh, new content drop called uh, Shadow Keep. So when year three comes out, what they're doing is they're going to release something called Destiny 2 New Light. And that will be free. So, and what that'll include is all the year one content. So, like, everything that people previously, like, would have spent, like, $100 on, um, that's all going to be free now to try to hook people. I was just so, going to say, is that to try and get new right. new users? And And that's a lot of content. I mean, the year one stuff, that's, like, a bunch of strikes, the raid, like, three raids, actually. Um, and not only that, but you're going to get access to things that you wouldn't have had in year one. So like all the PVP, all of Gambit, which is like a PVE slash PVP mode, 
and all the strikes. So even stuff that you would have like had to pay for in year two, you're going to get those for free as well to try to hook people. So in theory, it should like include lead to an increase in the user base and all those modes. And I'm wondering, like for you, you have never gotten into Destiny. All that stuff being given away for free, would that make you interested in trying it? Because the other thing they're doing is when that new light comes out, they're basically going to instantly level you up to like a place where you could play the new content if you bought it. Hmm. And basically the idea being like the all the campaigns and stuff that you could have done previously, those are still there. You can still go do them go if do you it. want but to. But you'll be at a place but where you can play with your friends. We're, we're going to basically in like an hour or two let you get to a place where you could play it with your friends and not have to like go through forever to get 30 to that hours of content right. to get to that. Um, I, I think with, with current kind of the way things are, I think I would ask, when does it come out? Cause that would be a little bit of a factor, but, the um, end of the year, uh, like September, but potentially. And then the other thing is they're introducing cross save. So you could have a set of characters that work everywhere. So, you know, like you could have the same characters on Xbox, PS4, PC, and Google Stadia. Oh, that's kind of cool. So, like, if Bob's playing on the Xbox, you could be playing on the PC, and you couldn't play together because that would be cross-platform, but you could have your characters to play with right? if you want to do stuff on a different platform for whatever reason. So I'm just wondering if that's something that would catch your interest or how do you think that business model is going to work out? I think if you're trying to grab new people, it's a really good idea, personally. Um, just allowing all that and getting people to a point where they can play. Because if you have somebody like you who's played forever and it's at a certain level and I mean, if it's an online game, the only reason I don't know anyone else who plays it, you're the only one I know who plays it. In theory, it's like, okay, well, I would get it so that we could play together right and right now for us to play together i'd have to run you through all this shit to level you up right and that's and with tedious. this you'll just be able to basically play like i think they said it's basically gonna be like you'll play a mission and then you'll like kind of like go to each planet and do a thing there and you'll basically to the point where you'll be able to do new content in like a couple hours no, and I think that's a good idea. way less than what it would have been. Because it's like, okay, I, I can understand a couple hours to get to a point where you can play with people, but, you know, when you're getting into, like, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, then it's like, well, fuck that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And then you could do jumping puzzles in first person. Which is right where you want to be. <laughs> Certainly not infuriating. <laughs> not at all, no. The Half-Life uh, Zen level is, like, great. That's the best. <laughs> I should show you. They put in this new mission called Zero Hour. I got I to gotta show it to you. Um, there's a point where you're outside of this building. And the idea is you're jumping onto, like, little, like, pipes that have, like, a small ledge in front of them. And the ledge is, like, the size of your foot. Of course. And you have to jump to, like, eight of these in a row. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's one of those things where it's like they've created that whole thing where you're just on like a ledge and like you're just looking down into like nothing, you know, like the ground's like a mile below right, you. Right. So you got that whole like fear of heights thing going and it's 
it's hilarious you know i just was like it's one of those things i could just see you doing there just being like fuck this game damn it (laughs) fuck this game you reminds me of uh, when we went and saw free solo (laughs) so we went uh this is like last fall at this point but it's a documentary about this guy who climbed el capitan in um which is like a sheer rock face in uh is it yosemite yes in yosemite national park and he did it without any safety ropes or harnesses or anything because he's a man with a death wish yeah so you're watching this and they have cameras where they're like shooting him from above and it's just him and the the fucking wall and a very long drop and you're just like like i know they wouldn't have released this probably if if he died but holy fucking shit wouldn't that be a thing they 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 didn't tell anyone he's dead. They release it, and at the end of the movie, he just like falls to his death. And you're like, the fucked up thing is, they talk about that. I just watched someone die. They talk about that in the movie, where they're like, would we still release this if something happened to him? Because they're like, if something happens, we are we're sitting here watching him die, basically, as we film this. Would that not be the worst? That's just like that'd be the worst feeling. Yep. Not only just to watch it on TV. But to have been but there have been and there. been recording it, yeah. It's a really good documentary, though. It's well, really interesting. And and that's kind of part of the, the documentary is it's there's a there's a meta aspect of it where they they spend a fair amount of time talking to each other and like you said, this guy, what are we to do? And at, you know when he finally makes the climb, like th- there's a couple of the guys just around who are just like. I can't, I can't watch, watch. This. I you know it's it, especially in particular sections of the climb because they'd show him practicing these sections and just not being able to do it and falling but he'd have a rope when he's practicing so you're just like well like when he does like when it's go time what the fuck like do well and it's also different to do it when you know you can fall versus knowing you can't well, right, you're trying different holds and like, but yeah, it's it's really interesting and I'd recommend it to anybody. I have a weird affinity for climbing documentaries though, so I think they're fascinating because the people are legitimately crazy and that just... Yeah, anything to do with like stuff like that or scaling Mount Everest or anything like that, it's like, you if gotta be nuts. Interested in Everest, the really good book is um, Into Thin Air. Uh, the author's name, is it John... Krakowski? I don't remember. Um, but he was a journalist that actually did it and was during the 96 disaster where like 12 people died over the course of like two days because of the storm that came up. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating read. Um, and the weird thing about Everest is it's so commercialized now. I don't know. There's a picture that came out a couple weeks ago that just shows the line. Like there's an actual like line of hundreds of people to get up to the top. And it's so dangerous because it's like it, not a lot of people die going to the top. You die coming down, you know, because yeah. you lose track of time or, you know, you expend all your energy getting up there and you're like, oh, I did it. And then it's like, oh, wait, this is like halfway. <laughs> yeah. You know, I still have to. There's not down. like a helicopter waiting for me. No, they can't even get up to like base camp. Like the only time they've ever really done that is during that 96 disaster because the air is so thin. And they had to get, there's a couple people who had such bad uh, frostbite that they were like, well, we got to risk this or they're going to fucking die. So, and Meru. Meru is another good documentary. 
if you're into climbing. That was a weird aside we just took there. Well, that's the show. We can talk about whatever <laughs> we want. I think Meru's on uh, Amazon Prime, if you want to watch it. It's really, really interesting. Very interesting insight into kind of the, the mindset that these people have. Because they, they all are absolutely insane, and they will be the first people to tell you that. Yeah, I mean, you have to have you have to have a fear of death, but not much of one. Because you got to be nuts. The guy in Free Solo is just like, he had a girlfriend, and that was the really interesting like thing to watch. Because she's like, I, I don't think she quite understood, you know? But until they really started getting into it, and she, he, he's just like, yeah, you know, if I die, I die. You'll be fine. You'll move on. <laughs> and she's like, um... But he's is, like, I would is never... Is this relationship important to you? He's, he's not more than climbing. Yeah. He basically says that. He's like, I would never stop doing this if you asked me, because this, this is my passion. This is my love. And if you don't understand that, well, I guess that's too bad. And they let them film that conversation. Bob, is that is that your dream to go like climb a mountain like that or something? That seems like the type of thing you'd be into. Everest? Uh, nah. I I mean, maybe maybe a, start a little smaller. Than maybe that. It, like in a different time, maybe, but um, not not Everest. Well, the other thing, too, is, like I said earlier, Everest is so commercialized. You're not right. carrying your gear. You have you're like hired people who do that for you. Now, uh, if you're climbing, like, K2 or something, that's a different story altogether. I mean, I'd be more interested in, like, climbing Mount Rainier. Um, yeah, we've talked about that before, yeah. Or, like, Mount Hood. Um, but, you know, I do, I do enjoy that. Like, I do enjoy hiking mountains and... Um, I've never done anything technical. Um, everything I've done, you haven't needed equipment to do. But, you know, I'd definitely be into it. I mean, there is something just really cool about being on top of a mountain uh, that, you know, you can't really get anywhere else. Um, it's oh. easy for skiing because you get a lift that takes you up. But oh, Yeah. Like, I've been to the top of a mountain before because I went on a fucking ski lift. <laughs> I she was I, really yeah. happy about it too. I oh, yeah. was not pleased on that ski lift. No, I don't like heights. I know it's I not know. my jam. Well, no one likes heights. Yeah, some people do. Weirdos. Well, but that's part of the other fascinating thing is like Meru in that documentary. The amount of shit they have to bring with them, because the first part of the mountain is like one type of climbing, and then the second part is a completely different type. Like they're actually camping on the sheer cliff face so they've got one of those like hanging tents and it's just it's it's absolutely bonkers it's a great watch though i would definitely recommend it meru and free solo and then uh they turned into thin air into a movie just called everest but i would say read the book you get a little bit better of a uh, uh i think a more accurate representation of what went down so. It's a good start for Erica's list of recommendations. There you go. And I ran into the director. You did, but he didn't say hello because he wasn't 100% sure. And I didn't want to be that guy. The man's name is uh, Jimmy Chin, and Bob didn't want to appear racist if it wasn't actually him. 
a but legitimate de- concern. But it definitely was him. And it was like... Because he lives there in Jackson Hole, right? Yeah. And I was like, there's no way this is him. And like, I didn't know that he lived in Jackson Hole. Until you, I think. Until after. Because, you know, two nights before he was in L.A., accepting an Oscar. Oh, he was winning the Oscar for Best, for best documentary. documentary. And then, like, I see it and I'm like, this, uh, he looks awfully... Well, he cool. didn't strike me as the type to, like, hang out in L.A. It's like, no. I want to go back to the mountain, please. Yeah, Thank no, you. I, I, well, I would agree with that uh, sentiment. And L.A. sucks. L.A. does suck. Fucking sure. Fucking sure does. Fuck that place. Pretty much. Other than the weather, fuck the rest of it. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> speaking of wonderful climates, thanks for being here in your own home. No problem. Bob, thanks for being here. You're welcome. I appreciated your contribution with the computer and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and please uh, hug me. Hold me tight. This has been a Puma Knife production.